Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here. Uh, the madness never stops. Uh, I'm going to do a quick little aside, a little dip into the, my uh, poker uh, madness from last night because someone brought up to my attention. Uh, they were like, "The Cincinnati Kid. What about the poker in that game in that movie?" And the final hand of the Cincinnati Kid is terrible. Uh, I understand there are people who have tried to rationalize it, try to justify it, try to explain it, but that hand is bad because it's just the same crap I keep bringing up about all these other movies is that you have monster hands. There's never any skill, there's never any uh, trickery, and there's never any decision making. And the whole point of poker is making correct decisions with incomplete information. That's what makes it such a tough game. Because you can never know if you're right or wrong until you find out. The truth is revealed. And then you find out, did I make the right decision or did I make the wrong decision? And even if you know you have the best hand, even if you know you're unbeatable, you're still trying to figure out, how can I extract the most amount of money out of my opponent? If I go all in, will they fold? I if you, I don't think they're that strong, so I'm only going to bet $30 to try to rope them in. And then they call the 30, and it turns out they had a really strong hand. You're like, oh, man, I could have got $200 off him if I had gone for it. But for some reason, when I put in that 30, they just called me, and gosh darn it, I could have got more. So you're always making decisions. You're always thinking. You're always pondering. And in The Cincinnati Kid, the final hand is incredibly dumb. Because it ends, it's five-card stud, which is an ancient and terrible game of poker where there's very little action because it's very hard to make a good hand in five-card stud. And not only do both players in this hand make a good hand, they one of them makes a full house, the other one makes a straight flush. This is dumb Hollywood crap. And on top of that, they do everything wrong in this hand. Uh, there is endless string betting, one guy's like, I'll call your thousand. 
and raise you a thousand, which you, you're not allowed to do that. Once you say that you've called a bet, you've called it. You're not allowed to string. And then, on top of that, um, the kid moves all in at the end. And then the man, his nemesis, is like, okay, you're all in? I'll raise you 5,000 more. Which, if you're playing table stakes, you're not allowed to do that. You can't uh, make someone commit more money to the game than they had on the table. That's not uh, fair. And people, I've seen, I saw some people on YouTube being like, oh, table stakes didn't exist back then. And it's like, well, table stakes kind of has to exist because people have to know what they're going to be capable of losing. There's no point in having chips on the table denoting how much your stack is when your stack is actually all the money you have on you or in your possession, period. So the whole going off table stakes and putting in extra money thing just drives me nuts. And the fact that the uh, the man draws to a straight flush and gets there is ridiculous. And also, there's nothing the kid can do. He's got a full house and five-card stud. The only card in the, in the commentary, because again, all these movies have commentary, the only, hand that, the only card that can beat him is the Jack of Diamonds. He, the guy had to hit a gut shot straight flush to beat him. And then after the hand is over, the man starts shit-talking the kid. And he's like, I'm the man, and I'll always be the man, and you'll never be anything more than second best as long as I'm around, and you're just going to have to eat shit, you loser. Get fucked. And the thing is, is that even if like he was actually that diseased-brained and stupid, the kid would know he was full of shit. Because the kid would be like, no, you just got really lucky on that hand. And the crowd around them would understand that the, the man just got really lucky on that hand. There's no justification for shit talk in that spot. There's no way that you could be arrogant about having beaten someone in this fashion in a hand of poker. Because you didn't do anything. You just got really lucky. And, and that's obvious. And then I've heard some other people saying, oh, the dealer rigged it for him. They, they cheated the kid. He didn't know it all. Uh, and the movie never says that. There's no uh, statement that that's the case, which is, if, you're t if they did rip him off, that's poor storytelling. They didn't tell us that. So, yeah, the hand is dumb. It's bad. The way you make that hand good is you just give the kid two pair and you give the man a straight. And that's the whole... And that makes it an actual uh, battle of skill. Now the kid has... Because the point is, going into the river, the uh, the man has a, a draw to a flush and a straight and a straight flush. And the kid's got two pair, or he's got three of a kind, so he's drawing to a full house. So... If the kid doesn't make a full house, he loses if the man makes his draw. And that is a real thing. That would be a real scene. The kid doesn't improve. The man does improve. And then the money goes in. And now, and, and after the man makes the big raise, following table stakes procedures, as it were, and now the kid's got to think about it. Did the man really make the draw? Did he not make the draw? Is he bluffing me? Is he not bluffing me? And that's skill. That's a decision. That's something that matters. And 
when the man rolls over the straight and beats him and the kid only has two pair, then when the man shit talks him, it's uh, legitimate because he's like, I outplayed you. I, I got you to pay me off when I made my hand. You're a fish. You're no good. You, 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 you can't beat me ever. You'll never be as good as me. I rule, you drool. And if you're going to say, oh, but that's what happened at the end of the other hand. The end of the other hand, the full house can never fold. Like, literally the only way the full house could ever fold is if the jack got exposed. If, the, if, the, if he flipped his card by mistake. There are some hands you just have to lose with, and that's one of them, which is why there's no skill involved. So uh, that's my little digression, little uh, palate cleanser to get to then go into the madness of uh, QAnon. So if uh, like we'll pass the seven minute mark, I'll pull, I'll tell people if they want to ignore this thing, you can read the, the bad stuff. So I was going to talk tonight about the oath and the stoatic terrorism that Q is pushing and promoting, and then lo and behold. We had another woman win a Republican nomination for the United States House. A Lorraine Bobbert, or Lauren Bobbert, uh, or Bebert. I have no idea how it's pronounced her name. I'm sure I will find out in the near future and be terrified. Uh, she won in Colorado, and it's a Republican district. So she is favored to win the district and be a, our second QAnon, openly QAnon-supporting lunatic in the United States House of Representatives. This is your world. This is the burning hell that you and I and everybody else on this earth is living in. That we have QAnon supporters winning Republican primaries. Now, plural. Well, we got three. We have have the senator lady also. And I saw her uh, viral video, and it was so unimpressive. These Republican candidates, it's like they grow them in a lab. They just say the same things over and over and over again. It's just anti-liberalism, pro-conservatism, pro-Trumpism. It's, it's so empty. There's there's just nothing to these people and what they say. They're so deeply pathetic. They're cartoon characters. They are the NPCs that QAnon mocks and ridicules. They just... They have a script. They have a script and they read that script and they hope that they have enough personal charisma and enough uh, viral attention that they can overcome their opponent, who's also just reading the same script. Like, the the Cowan versus Green campaign in Georgia is just literally two people humping guns and humping Trump. It It's so... nothing. It's just pick your flavor of vanilla that you like better. None of these, none of these people have anything interesting to say. None of them have anything engaging to bring to the table. None of them have any real uh, depth or personality to them. It's just platitudes and talking points. And that's enough. That's enough to get you a nomination. That's enough to get you on the road to the United States House. And it's terrifying. It's really scary. I really hope that uh, Miss Bush, uh, the woman who won the Democratic primary, 
I hope she gets in touch with uh, anti QAnon folks. I, I threw out my I threw my hat out there. I will make uh, attempts to contact her campaign, as it were, because uh, it's important that these people know what is going on and who they are dealing with and what it is all about that they are suffering. As are we all suffering, and it's uh, it's not good. It, it, they, we are emboldening these people. We are emboldening QAnon. We are growing them. We are uh, expediting the process of rotting the brains of American people. It's bad. Any um, a modicum of power and abilities that they are getting is something that is negative and is something that will hurt the country in the long run. We need to defeat these people. We need to reject madness. But given the fact that wearing masks is a very controversial issue in America, and that we have such a massively ignorant anti-science bias in this country, guess we're in it for the long haul. Guess we're going to be fighting this kind of craziness for a long, long time. It's not great. Not great. Not good. That's life. And they just see more and more people taking this oath to Q and Q posting about how the Republic is under attack and how we have to defend the Constitution and just that his enemies are doing these bad things. And that the coronavirus is all about the election. It's all about rigging the election to uh, steal it for Biden. And it's really just so sickening that this is what they're doing. And we're trying to uh, incite people to reject the outcome of the election, to reject the results, to believe that it was stolen from Trump. When the chat logs between one of the uh, eight Kun board managers and uh, Jim, Jim Watkins got revealed, Jim said that Q will be gone in November, or that QAnon will be gone in November. And that obviously meant that Jim thought that Biden was going to win and that... Uh, Q would no longer have uh, purpose or meaning. And when you read Q's posts now, it is very much uh, about incitement. It's all about anger. It's all about uh, getting upset. It's all about the fact that the bad people are doing really bad things now, and it's not cool these people are doing something that they shouldn't be doing. They need to be stopped. And the problem is, is that Q ain't stopping. Q ain't the one putting his foot down. So if Q ain't going to stop him, maybe you got to stop him. Maybe you need to grab your AR-15 and start bringing some freedom to America. That's the implication. That's the terrorism that Q wants us to uh, engage in. That's what he's trying to brainwash his followers into doing. And it's such a terribly evil thing to do. Um, the second to last drop, uh, 4550, was an anon saying, I see what's happening, but I would like to see you guys doing something about it already. We know all of this. We are helpless to it all. So the real question is, do you see what is happening? 
this guy is uh, not trusting the plan anymore. He's calling Q out and saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, son, Q? When are you going to stop it? And Q says, fear not, you, brackets, we are not helpless. Enough must see. It is the only way. You are being presented with the gift of vision, ability to see clearly what they've hid from you for so long, illumination, their deception, dark actions on full display. People wake, are waking up in mass. People are no longer blind. Do you believe it's a coincidence they banned and prevented you from attending church? Underscore house of worship. Anti-American, anti-God. One must only look to see. Have faith in humanity. Have faith in yourself. Let light guide you. Find peace through prayer. Biblical. Q. Now, Q is trying to assuage this person. Q is trying to like do a little uh, dialing back of their rage, but... At the same time, he's telling him, like, look, man, you're seeing it. You're seeing the truth here. But other people will see it in time, and when they do, then it'll be cool. But the problem is, is what good is having visions if you can't stop the coming calamity? Uh, the, the curse of Cassandra, where you are the one uh, telling, the, the, giving the prophecy, but being uh, ignored and thought to be a liar. <sighs> Shouts will continue. They will grow. They will amplify. Because as much as these people don't want to claim that they're scared by the polls, they don't want to claim that they're worried by the news, they're obsessed. They're shut-ins. And with COVID, you're even more locked away. You're even more isolated. And it's inevitable that this uh, fear is going to be overwhelming. And it's never going to stop. And once this is... uh, Unstoppable. Once it's undeniable, then we're going to be uh, stuck in hell world. It's going to be bad. It's going to be very, very bad. Because there's going to be just no way to shake these people from their uh, delusion. There's going to be no way to break them from the nightmare. And when it all comes crashing down on them, when Trump loses, they're not going to accept it. They're going to be very angry about it. And, there's, and Q won't be able to put that genie back in the bottle. He can't tell them to just find peace through prayer and relax and just calm down. I mean, again, even though he told them to find peace through prayer and all that stuff, he says that uh, they were keeping you. The bad people were keeping you out of church. They are anti-American and they are anti-God. I mean, that is evil. These people are just monsters. And then uh, his last post talks about how Biden says he's not going to do rallies because doing rallies is a very good way of infecting people with COVID and he's not going to not going to risk people's health. And um, 
then Q says, how do you prevent public embarrassment re-lack of crowd size? How do you continue the con re-fake poll lead? How do you support mail-in ballot election fraud? Election was not rigged at all. By All polls showed Biden had double-digit lead versus POTUS. Example, who benefits the most? Is this about the virus or the election? Once again, just lying about COVID and saying that this is all a plot to screw over Trump. And the thing is, is that crowd sizes are dumb. They're a silly metric. They don't do anything. They don't actually reveal anything. Because just because you go to a rally, it doesn't mean that those people have, uh, there's more of those people than another candidate that people just go out and vote for. Because it's a, it's a thing. It is a uh, process to go to a rally, pay for tickets if you have to pay, parking, blah, 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 go in, listen to the speech, then go back out, fight through traffic, yada, yada. You have to plan your day for that kind of stuff. And when you uh, don't live in a evil, uh, shitty place where they try to rig the balloting and the polls and you, they trap you in a line for four hours. I've never spent more than like 10 minutes voting in my life. I've uh, been in, out, and done very quickly every time I've ever cast a vote in any election. And uh, that's the thing, is that even that voting, the actual act of voicing your opinion about who should govern you, Voting is a far more sacred and far more important uh, thing than attending a rally. So just because you don't attend the rally doesn't mean you're not going to vote. And low, like, energy people vote far more than high energy people. It's the same thing about caucuses versus uh, primaries. It's very, it, caucuses are incredibly high energy, very small uh, pe- amount of people they are very anti-democratic in nature because it's a, a very uh, my, minority-based thing. I'm not saying minorities and ethnic minorities. I'm saying minorities in a small group of people. A very small number of people can change how a caucus is uh, decided. It's a very um, unrepresentative way to run an election. So... Even if Trump had massive crowds and Biden didn't, that would not be reflective of what is actually going to happen on Election Day. And the other thing is, is that crowd sizes are dumb. I remember like Mitt Romney like telling his staff and everybody that like he was obviously going to win because he was drawing huge crowds. And this is the thing. Hillary drew crowds. Obama drew crowds. Trump drew, drew crowds. Romney drew crowds, McCain drew crowds, Clinton drew crowds, Bush drew crowds. When you are the president or the major party nominee running against the president, you're going to draw a crowd because there are going to be people that want to hear you speak because they think that you are important and powerful. You are either the president or you very may well be the next president. And so... You're going to fill a 10,000-seat arena. You're going to fill a 15,000-seat arena. If you do an open-air rally where you you just have, like, a, a platform where you're going to speak from and people just gather around it, you could easily fill some giant parking lot with, like, tens of, with, with thousands and thousands of people. Crowd sizes are silly. 
and I think that there'd be uh, plenty of people that would come out to listen to Joe Biden speak. Uh, would it be the same size as the Trump crowd? Who knows? But it, the Trump crowds are like Grateful Dead concerts. It's not locals coming in to listen to the president speak. It's his crew. It's his people that follow him from state to state and just live vicariously through the rallies. So it's silly. It's all very silly. And again, they're like, all the polls are lying to you, all this stuff. Why is Q Q allowing this? Why did Q allow COVID to happen? Why is Q having to be on the back foot to fight it, fight the mail-in ballots? Why is Q allowing the fake polls to come out to dishearten Republicans and embolden Democrats? Why is the deep state winning all the time? Isn't the point of Q that he crushes people, that he dominates, that he gets the job done and defeats the bad guys? He's not winning. QAnon is not winning. They're losing. And on some level, they know it. And that's why they're freaking out. That's why they're getting angry. That's why they're not trusting the plan. And that's why when this is all over and Biden is the president-elect, they're going to grab guns and kill people. And it's going to be terrible because this fucking prick, this absolute piece of shit that runs this eight, the uh, Q account is going to uh, incite violence. That's the only way this ends is through violence. It's inevitable and inescapable and it makes me very angry every day that I think about it. Seriously, get fucked, QAnon. You're awful. You're terrible. Everything about this is disgraceful. And all the people that promote it are monsters. And I engage and fight every last one of you because I know that you are bad people and you need someone to yell at you and tell you that you are bad. And every one of you who thinks you're not a bad person and are just deluded and buy into this bullshit, I hope you wake up. I hope you I hope you get a just bracing splash of reality across the face and you realize that you done fucked up and try to try to fix things and atone for what you've done. So, uh, after all that happy uh, anger and vitriol, um, let's find out what the questions are this week, because uh, that's always a great way for me to pad the runtime on this thing, to get it up to 30 minutes or so. Um, AIS Millard, frequent commenter on the podcast, says, uh, Who do you think will be your cellmate in Gitmo? Uh, if we're going just kind of by, like, uh, status, probably Dapper Gander. Me and, me and, the, me and the, the Dapper one, probably on, like, the same tier level of uh, anti-QAnon uh, jerk, as it were. Uh, I don't think that I would have the uh, gravitas or the import to uh, be in a cell with... Uh, Travis or Rothschild or Ben Collins or Will Sommer, those they're a little bit above my pay grade. So I think uh, I think me and the uh, fine uh, feathered uh, Twitter uh, person would be where I would rank in the uh, totem pole of soon to be brutally murdered by Joe M. You know Joe M. would be sitting at the gallows, just like salivating, just drooling. And just waiting to kill people the whole time. Just absolutely the, the most uh, horrific monster in the world. I remember uh, there was a... Uh, Jake Rokitansky did a story. And in the story, uh, Bernie Sanders was a Gitmo. And he got uh, freed. 
or he liber- either he saved Hillary or something happened and like uh, Sanders supporters saved Bernie. But the gist of the story was is there was an execution that was about to happen at Guantanamo Bay and it got broken up. And Jake had made a reference to the executioner uh, walking the victims up the gallows. And I just thought to myself, well, like that has to be Joe M. And he, and he never said it. And I was like, God damn it. No. Come on, Jake. You know what Joe wants and more than anything in this world. He wants to be the one that throws the switch that makes the trap door go uh, open up and drop these people to their brutal murders so that their feet can dangle in the damp Cuban twilight. As he's been daydreaming about, in parentheses, I say daydreaming when I'm on Twitter because I don't want to get banned. What I really mean is furiously masturbating because that's what Joe M is. He's a bloodthirsty, sick motherfucker. Fuck you, Joe M, you propagandist piece of shit. African, Africaner, apartheid apologist, just absolute fucking worthless human being. I mean, Truly, of the people that I know things about, Joe M is the absolute scummiest. Sadly, for just content on Twitter that is just fucking evil, vile, twisted, and weird, I still think 72 seconds hasn't beat, because that guy's just fucking off a cliff. He's just the weirdest fucking guy. There are people that write shit, and my brain just looks at it and goes, I couldn't get there. I just could not make those connections. I couldn't write that, and he's he's the one in Twitter that on, from QAnon that does it for me. I just I just see that shit and I'm like fuck, man. His brain is just wired differently than mine, and I fucking hate people like that. I don't know why, but when I get hit on a different level, I'm just like, oh, that's that's unsettling and bad, and I don't like you. And I hate I just really hate the fact that he's like this. He plays this, like, creepy, weird uncle. He's like, hey, kids, want to hear the old-timey stories? Old 72 seconds was back in the barn one day, and then a thing happened. And, by the way, Michelle Obama has a dick, and the Holocaust is a lie. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, like, Jesus, why are you so just fucking screwed up? God damn it. Uh, So, yeah, fuck those people. Um... And then ASI Millard adds on. Also, I listened to the part. I listened to part of your special episode about poker and movies, and realized how little I know about card games. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll do like a poker one hundred and one, like uh, just do like a series on like breaking down poker for people. I just realized I forgot to do the uh, early cue drops. I'll I'll do them again next week, uh, next time, because uh, my brain just melted. But yeah, um, Loretta. Uh, gay, uh, gay pride flag, blue wave. I hate gaslighting. Gay pride flag, blue wave. Uh, mention me because I'm special. You got it. I'm a total sucker for people. Uh, then they add just playing poker. I've been one of those. Uh, I've, it's been one of those days. Three damn stores. I try really hard to avoid stores. All I wanted was some dehydrated apples. Could I find any? No. Damn, Anon's probably foiled me. Shakes fists. Um, know the feeling. I know the feeling well. It sucks when I am uh, sent out to go shopping for uh, stuff, and I cannot find the stuff. I hate uh, I hate coming home empty-handed. I hate not finding what I, I'm, I either have tasked myself or others have tasked me to find. It is irksome. 
CJG asks, uh, is there a prequel to Q? Like, before there was Q, was there someone fighting the Cabal that didn't need to go on a child porn plasters dark web message board to spread hope of saving the world? Plus midichlorians. Um, the prequel was the Illuminati New World Order shit, but they really didn't have a hero. There were people on the chans who claimed to be insiders that claimed stuff was going to happen, like uh, FBI Anon and Mega Anon and, the, and those types of people. I think there, were, there may be like a Hollywood Anon. Uh, Bill Cooper, um, like the proto-Alex Jones, uh, talked about Hillary Clinton being indicted in the 90s. So there's always uh, talk of like people fighting back against the New World Order and trying to stop the Deep State from uh, carrying out their nefarious agenda. But QAnon is the first one to ever have uh, gone that real extra mile and said that the president themselves is uh, working actively to uh, support and save all of us from the bad guys. Which is uh, very different from the other stories, which were just kind of bleak and miserable, and the people that were fighting these monsters were on a level like you and me, just like kind of everyday Joes. And like in a lot of ways, there's like a role. There's a role-playing game called Call of Cthulhu, and like the depressing nature of Call of Cthulhu is that your character can never win. the The whole point of the game is your character either dies to the horrifying monsters that they are fighting or eventually they just do one mission too many and their mind breaks. Just fighting the eldritch horrors and the nightmares of the of the darkness are, is just too much for the human mind to absorb and eventually you will reach your breaking point and be reduced to a gibbering lunatic. So, I mean, it's possible if you wanted to that you could mercifully retire your character from... Uh, service against the darkness and leave them sane but again they would be uh, you would be unable to play them anymore because if you continued to play them they would go insane so that was that world and QAnon is the Dungeons and Dragons world where you're a mighty warrior fighting the bad guys win and treasure and blood and death so that's that's that and finally we have uh, Cabal Minion asking, uh, can you run through some of your thoughts on what would happen if Trump finally gets asked if Q is real? What would happen if he says yes or no to both the QAnon movement and in reality? I've I've answered this a few times, but I will always be happy to answer it. Uh, If Trump is ever asked the question, he will uh, sputter and deflect and he will end up uh, making a fool out of himself because he will end, he will inevitably make a very fine people uh, statement. Uh, he is dimly aware that there is a group of people called QAnon who like him very much, and he retweets them and uh, promotes them because they kiss his ass and tell him he's a great man. And that's really all you have to do to get Trump to be on your side is tell him how much you love him and how great he is. So... Once you've done that, once you've achieved the bare minimum of uh, Trump fealty and you've got him to support you, now you uh, have him hooked. 
So when a reporter says, So, Mr. President, QAnon, what's the deal? Almost assuredly, he'd be like, Well, I've heard a lot about them. Uh, I don't know what their mission really is, but they say that they're fighting corruption and that they are uh, trying to stop uh, child trafficking. Uh, it's a terrible thing, child trafficking. The worst thing, the absolute worst. Many people are saying it. And uh, so if they're against child trafficking and they're against corruption, they they have to be like, and they might go a little too far, be a little too extreme with it, but there's, they got to be good people. So uh, I, I support them in their efforts to drain the swamp and to fight corruption and to uh, arrest child pornographers. And that would be about it. I mean, he would give this very boilerplate thing and... I don't think any reporter would have the nerve or the knowledge to ask like a follow-up question that would be the effect of, Sir, in, uh, Mr. President, in, in the QAnon uh, belief system, they think that you are a leader known as Q+. Is that true? Are you Q+. Which it would, it would, they would never ask that, and if they did, Trump's brain would just like immediately jump out of his skull. But... Um, he would he would give a very wishy-washy answer. He would not confirm that Q is real. He would just give QAnon a pat on the head, and then that would lead to uh, a three- or four-day news cycle where people would be like, wow, our president's a fucking nut who can't even condemn QAnon, and Rick Wilson would have a Lincoln Project ad out immediately about it. So that would be what would happen there, and then uh, QAnon themselves would take it as immediately as total vindication and validation, and everything they ever said was true, and that anyone who thinks that Trump denied them can go fuck right off, and they're legitimate, and the arrests are going to happen any day now. And even if Trump somehow, some way, uh, was told by his people to denounce QAnon and to deny it, and he full-throatedly said no, Q would just post this information as necessary, Q+, plus, as a Q drop, like, ten minutes later, and everyone would just be happy and go right along believing because Trump really didn't deny it. He just said that in order to trick the people, the bad people. And now, the once he wins re-election, he'll confirm it's real and arrest everybody. Because they, they lie. They lie like rugs. All these pricks, they're always saying, just ask the question, I'll give, I'll delete my account if Trump denounces Q. I'll jump off the, jump into the Grand Canyon if he says Q isn't real. Ah, they're all just so full of shit. If Trump ever said Q wasn't real, they would freak out, throw a fit, and then once Q told them it was all a big lie, they'd immediately fall right back in the line. Because there is no defining moment that could actually break them from their belief system. There's nothing that could actually make them stop believing in this stuff. Except for them actually like falling out of it of their own volition. But there's no existential crisis that could do that. There's no, I know, existential. There's no external element that could make them leave QAnon. They would have to do it of their own volition. And Trump denying it would not do anything. They would just keep believing. And when Trump loses, in a way, they will keep believing because they'll just believe in the bad parts of the world and not the salvation of Trump. So uh, that's the question and what it will do to them, which is much less than they claim it will. So that's another uh, fun-filled, action-packed podcast. I'll be back uh, in a couple days. I will remember to do the early queue drops again. And uh, I hope you all have a ton of fun. And hopefully we don't have any more QAnon nominees for Congress the next time I talk to you all. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 